powered by Riverside FM. On episode 559 of American left-wing podcast Chapo Chap House, a dissertation by host Felix Biedemann lays out how the September 11th attacks, America's subsequent foreign wars, and national hysteria are reflected in the development of hip-hop over the past two decades. I won't struggle to summarise his points here, but within his thesis is how the fetishization for the American military would drive the success of the New York-born rapper Curtis Jackson, known better by his stage name 50 Cent. From the mythology of surviving nine gunshots, to his crew of fellow artists calling themselves the G-Unit, 50 would toe the line of military support as America rolled into a war on terror. Things would come to a head when, in 2013, the rapper was subjected to backlash in a Facebook post by a Marine Corps member after 50 committed stolen valor in one of his music videos. In the conversation regarding 50 Cent's relationship with the war on terror, we'd be remiss not to talk about a third-person shooter that sent Fiddy and the G-Unit into an active conflict in the Middle East. True soldiers of fortune, it wouldn't be a sense of duty that would motivate their actions, but instead the opportunity for fabulous wealth. 50 had been mythologizing his own one-man army abilities in raps for years, and now players could see those play out in high definition as he wiped out scores of faceless attackers. Years after release, the title has garnered some ironic value, but it's also arguably one of the clearest snapshots of just how the war on terror affected not just the entertainment industry, but the psyche of the average American. I guess more importantly though, is it any good? Well, on this episode of Bullet Time, we look at Swordfish Studios' 2009 shooter, 50 Cent, Blood on the Sand. End up like kind of falling out of sync. And I can't mm. really explain that, but it means that I've had to hop into audition and fix it after the fact, which is a bit annoying. But yeah, I've had that before i've dealt with it for years and i've never quite pegged what because so, with frame rates i can get it but with audio i've never got it no I, uh mitch you're a you're an audio person well, what's the mm-hmm. explanation behind that uh <laughs> 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 yes <laughs> yes <laughs> i think it's just proof that we actually diff- experience time at different rates that is very true. Yeah, technically, Mitch is thirteen hours in the future. Oh no, ahead I mean, I don't. I'm not even talking about time zones. I'm just talking about on an individual level. Like pigeons see the world in slow motion. Is mm. that true? Yeah, pigeons like experience the world in slow motion relative to us. Same with cats, right? Maybe cats as well. I just know it with pigeons, and that's why they don't get out of the way until the last moment. Are you telling me that? Are you telling me that pigeons have gangster fire, much like 50 Cent does in this game? <laughs> I am telling oh you, pigeons have gangster fire. Oh my god. They can I- actually access the fiddy zone. Actually, they can't. Seagulls can get into the fiddy zone, but <laughs> pigeons, not on that level. Um, ostriches are the only animals that are, or the only birds tall enough to access the payphone, which is constantly ringing in the middle of a war zone. So you, they can change what equipped weapons that they have at any time, which is good. 
Hi, folks. I, Welcome to- <laughs> I, I apologize for the awkward pause. I was trying to develop a joke instantly okay. off my head of what if the G unit were birds and who would be what bird. And then I realized I don't remember any birds whatsoever. Thought, but you do but you do remember the members of the G unit, but you don't remember yeah, any yeah. birds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 50 Cent, who's Curtis James Jackson, Tony Yayo, whose real name is Marvin Bernard, and uh, Lloyd Banks, who's Christopher Charles Lloyd. Um, and, but who uh, is the fourth member of DJ the- Wookid, whose name I can't remember. Ah, dang it, it. Who is that? I, I knew a lot about G in it, but I have no idea who that is. So I tried to look this up, who DJ Wookid was, because, yeah, the only time I've ever seen him is in this game. And I just think for, like, a little bit, they did have just a DJ that, like, ran with their crew. And... Like, that's kind of it, because he was only on, um, I don't think he was on, like, any of the major albums either. Like, he wasn't on Get Rich or Die Trying. It was, um, he's just in this game. Like, he he was just in the right place at the right time to star in uh, the game that we're talking about today, which is uh, 50 Cent Bulletproof for the uh, PlayStation 3 and uh, Xbox 50 Cent Bulletproof? Oh, shit. Did I call it Bulletproof <laughs> by accident? I mean, it's... it's- <laughs> You played that the other day, didn't you? To I try, I, I, I tried to. Um, I wanted to download it from Vim, but for some weird reason, when it comes to anything over eight hundred meg in size, Vim is like, "I'll oh, come back tomorrow. It'll be downloaded by then." And it's like mm. for a five gig PSD game, really? <laughs> um, yeah, I wanted to get it running. Um, I decided to watch some footage of it to kind of be like, "Okay, what were they working with for the game that we?" are talking about today, which is really 2009's 50 Cent Blood on the Sand by Swordfish Studios. Um, I wanted to see how much they had to like work with, and I it's weird. They don't look very similar, and this is going to be hard to kind of like explain in a purely audio-based format, but Bulletproof seems to like, it looks like it's taking its third-person action cues from like dead to rights and those kind of like genuinely a difference of era i mean that was 2005 and yeah dead to rights and i we were talking about this the other day made by genuine games yes their only other title being the fight club game which has (laughs) a very similar palette and a very similar quality yeah, I Mitch, didn't did even you know, know that existed? I was, gonna, uh, Mitch. I'm gonna. Okay, here's a quick question, Mitch. Fight Club game. What genre do you think it is? The fact you have to ask has me <laughs> doubting anything. Um, is it a shooter? It is. It is not a shooter. Is it a puzzle game? It is not. It is not <laughs> a puzzle game. Would probably make more sense to the plot of Fight Club. No, no, no. Lot, lot simpler than that. Go straight down the middle. What would the Fight Club video? Oh, game is it a fighting game? It is a fighting game where you get to all the characters are your favorite characters from the film Fight Club, including nameless protagonist, bitch tits, Bob, Angel <laughs> Face. I love that. Asking what genre is the Fight Club game is an inherent double bluff. (laughs) (laughs) There's really no two ways about that. I know. I mean, because we were joking about it, like, it's maybe apart from, like, Raging Bull, it's, like, the most straight down the middle. Oh, I mean, it's, you know, there's fighting in the film, so it's got to be a fighting game, right? 
and I was trying to like think of like if Mickey rocks the wrestler, they try to make like a uh, a Jack specific style, you know, NWO wrestling game out of that. They I mean, just that just out- sounds like Suda's first wrestling game, which had a in- infamously oh, sad ending. God, yeah, Mitch. Do you do you know about this? I've never heard about this either. So, Suda Fifty One got his start at uh, Human Entertainment, which they're only really known for doing the Clock Tower series and Fire Pro Wrestling, which was like. Right before the N64 era, when like wrestling games were at like complete cultural penetration, like you kind of you kind of had some arcade titles, but Fire Pro was like the go-to in Japan. And Suda's first writing gig in the industry was writing the single-player like tournament mode to Fire Pro Wrestling Free, and. Um, I won't. I won't say this on podcasts just because it's a bit of a content <laughs> warning. But yeah, the ending of that game is incredibly grim, yet fitting with the work of Suda Fifty One. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I, I'm curious it, now. It's genuinely strange. It's well, let's just say NBA Two K Sixteen couldn't quite hit the same gravitas oh, with God. Spike Lee in, at the helm of a story mode. L- living the dream. Have you? <laughs> We're going very off topic. Oh like god, we, we, we will <laughs> get to fifty. We will get to fifty. You know what? This is all. This is all part of the same thing. We will. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll tie this all together. Don't worry. Okay. All right. But Mitch, have you have you heard of or know of the story mode in NBA Two K Sixteen directed by Spike Lee? That's the extent of my knowledge. Is that that exists? Okay, that happened. I'm I'm going to I'm going to spoil the ending of it because it is something. I'm going to say I'm going to say as well. Me and Snake both know this. Neither of us have actually played this game. We only know of this through. I I tried to track down a copy. It's hard now. But I'm guessing the same as me. We both watched the Super Best Friends play. Oh yeah, it's it's a a classic let's play because it is perfect riffing material. It's. Uh So much could be done with the career of a basketball player and exploitation in the sport and what you go through. And Spike Lee doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) So you play as Frequency... Your character's name is Frequency Vibrations because when you were in the womb, you wiggled a lot. And so they called you that for sure. Or Freak for sure. And because it was a creator character, you can kind of lean in on that name. Um... Who has a sister and a best, and I can't remember what the best friend's name is. The best friend is like an absolute piece of shit the entire way through the game. Like, as you rise through the ranks of like college basketball into the big leagues, like they're constantly like just making things worse for you. I think even to an extent that like you lose your position on a team because of this guy. He is threatening to get you kind of. Your manager comes to you and says, you have to stop letting him into the stadium. He's a horrible person. He's a yep. piece of shit. He will drag you down. And the ending of the game is that there's like an altercation or something, but you don't see it happen. But then it just kind of ends on frequency vibrations being like, well, I guess basketball, that's for me. And that's that. Then your piece of shit friend comes out into the middle of a 
basketball court outside of like a block of tenements and he's dressed all like in white kangol and it's like okay what's going on here and then he addresses the player like breaks the fourth wall and says actually this was never the story of frequency vibrations it was the story of me and actually (laughs) i'm dead and then he fades away he died in a car crash because he borrowed your car yeah that was it (laughs) And he was like threatening, we killed this guy, we manslaughtered this guy together, you're gonna keep letting me get away with this, or I'm telling everyone, and that'll be the end of you. And then he dies in a car crash, and you get a ten minute long ghost monologue of his name, Vic Van Leer. That is it, Vic. Telling you, I actually had a hard life, so it was okay that I was a bit of a dick. Oh, and then the ending God. is is comedy credits where they show all the all the making of like mocap stuff and Spike Lee saying thank you so much for playing my game. It's like what? No, it's so good. It's like genuinely, it's filled with the scummiest people. Though I actually do like the main character. Just oh, yeah. I like the main character because despite being a creator character, he has some real personality, and that personality is he is sick of everyone around him at all times. <laughs> Yep. He just comes off as so like, why do I have to put up with all these people? But he like just kind of grins and bears it. So the thing is, is that I wanted to play 2K17 the year afterwards because it's directed by Ryan Coogler. And this was like <laughs> him a year after, like a few years after Fruitvale. And I think the same year that he does Creed. Oh, oh my God. God. And I think for, I think Michael B. Jordan is in it as like, not as the creator character, but like as your... You know what? I am going to pull this around to 50 Cent right now. (laughs) I'm going to pull it around to 50 Cent right now by talking about talent that is utterly wasted on a game. This game has Lance Reddick in it. 50 Cent Blood on the Sand has Lance Reddick in it. Yeah, I double-checked the credits and I was like, wait. And then it clicks in my head and I went, oh god, yeah, Lance Reddick is in this game. And when I was thinking of it, I think it was a bit... I think I messaged you on Discord about this where I was like... Man, the fucking cast in this game is that, like, you can see the difference between seasoned actors and 50 Cent. Because (laughs) when... So, because Lance... Oh, God. So Lance Reddick in this game plays a... Like a like a kind of a shitty mercenary, for lack of okay. a better he term. He is one of the fifteen people in the game who betrays Fifty Cent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, they do. He does get warned about that, so he is no yeah, one to blame they, but himself. That's true. He has no one to blame but himself. But it's like considering everyone betrays him, that warning is. It's a bit like going into a fucking field of pitchforks and being told about the rake. My favorite thing <laughs> is that the person who warns him to trust nobody. Then double crosses him at the end. Mm-hmm. He's he also the to least be, trustworthy he was, person. He was the least trustworthy person. Um, but yeah, Lance Lance Reddick fucking he doesn't he does not phone it in. He plays a shitty mercenary who is chewing fifty out and messing with him. Meanwhile, I I mean I I fifty cent was I don't think he phoned this in. I he was in the booth for this. I'm sure he did a couple of takes. But God bless him. He's he not tried. quite standing up to Omid Jalili and Lance Reddick and oh, the other God. actors they have whose names escape me at the moment, but it's really just... I think maybe we should rewind and 
how mm-hmm. this how this come about. We're talking about Fifty Cent Blood on the Sand. It's got it was developed in England, um, yes. in Birmingham, I believe. Weird, a weird history behind this one. So it was developed by a studio called Swordfish Studios, who did work on a couple of other things. Their most interesting, like video like um credit which is something i want to cover on the podcast at some point is a game called cold winter which i always remembered seeing in like cex and stuff and going okay and i think the reason that it always caught my eye is because it's one of the rare few ps2 games that has net play so it has the little oh yeah lower I, third on the top where the ps2 i, logo I is. had ps2 net play as a kid mm. I, I remember one of my earliest online gaming memories is playing not Neverwinter Nights, Lords of Norath or something with mm. a couple of Americans over PS2 netplay. Um, and also the SOCOM game. I PS2 was say the so- online was weirdly legit. I also played MGO1, which was... No one talks about MGO1, but yeah, it was, uh, the, it was the a weird that, time. It came with subsistence, right? Or did it come with just regular? It, it came with subsistence, yes. That was, uh, another, that was on one of the discs. And uh, I don't know if there's been any, any efforts to revive that in the same way that MGO2 has been revived. Interesting, because you'd think that less people were playing MGS4 than MGS3. But I mean, then I guess- online was far more integrated at that point. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. PS2 Online was bloody weird to integrate. I had an uncle who was like a genuine tech head who had to set that up for us. Yeah. That could have just been because we were a family of, like, idiots, though. And then MG, <laughs> and then MGO3 was literally, like, it was only around for about two years, and then Konami and was it like, it wasn't well, very good. No, it, I, uh, Dennis has told me quite a few times it wasn't very good. It lacked all the interesting elements that made MGO2 was very, kind of, Metal Gear Solid 4 kind of slow and deliberate and yeah mgs5's gameplay nicer for the single player Mm. um depending on who you ask but a lot more trite for multiplayer yeah and it felt like uh sorry what was that i was just saying i can see that happening like yeah yeah um but cold winter um which the reason i want to cover it is because it has like a couple of weird things too which is it's like a quite a light era ps2 game but it has like Last of Us style crafting in it, which is like the only game of the time that I can think of that is trying this out. Every interactable has a context menu, which means huh. that like you don't just have to like open boxes, you can pick them up, you can throw them. Everything has a weird amount of interactivity to it. Tables have like three levels of interaction, which is pick it up, um, throw it away, or knock over to turn into cover and it's like huh okay this is it, it feels like a slightly slicker like deus ex style like a deus ex style game better fitting for consoles and of what i've played of it it is actually really pretty decent but um i'd have to take a little bit more into it but they were the ones who were contracted to work on initially so this game is published by vivendi who I believe this was around the time that they were folded into, or they tried to fold themselves into Activision. So there's still quite a lot of like weird crossover, but they have the 50 cent license from when they work on Bulletproof. But another license that they have is Robert Ludlum's Bourne series, as in the Bourne identity and those films starring Matt Damon. And this game started off as 
a basically not a born game per se, but it was set in the world of like Robert Ludlum's books. And based on like some books called Counter One, I believe, or Covert One. Yeah, Covert I One. I choose to believe it still does, but that's neither here nor there. No, in my in my heart of hearts, I wish that this was. So you know how with the um, with the Born Identity, like there's the trilogy, and then they tried to do a spin-off starring Jeremy Renner, which didn't quite work, and then they brought back uh, Born as the film Jason Born. I wish rather than Jeremy Renner, they had done a Born Identity film, but it was Fifty Cent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been. I didn't even know the Jeremy Renner one existed. I no, would have known I, if it was Fifty I, Cent. God, I, I think. Yeah, no, I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I went to go see the Jeremy Renner one with my dad, and he was so upset because we had gone to see all the Born films in the cinema, and it become like a weird bonding thing for us so we went to go see the Renner one and it's just like he's not the same is he he hasn't he hasn't, he hasn't got the sparkly Matt Damon charm 50 cent though I reckon he does but they were working on this game and then Vivendi went to him and said actually we got an offer for you would you like to work with one of the most popular IPs of 2000 and of the of the mid 2000s they were like absolutely and they said okay this is a 50 cent game now. And oh. so this is weirdly now become it. So the game that they were working on gets massively retrofitted in kind of an interesting way, which I guess we can talk about the development of it a tiny bit. But um, by the way, I've just realized something. Um, uh, my name is James Hot Cider. I'm usually on these <laughs> episodes. Uh, joining us to talk about this game. <laughs> It's a professional podcast. An incredibly <laughs> professional podcast. Uh, YouTube's very own Tony Yayo to Snake Career. Hello. And I'm called Tony um, Yayo because I'm going to die from getting shot in the back by a shotgun. Is that that doesn't happen in the game, does it? It's a 50 set. It, it's a Scarface reference's name, so I think that's just logical where uh, it goes. Also joining us is New Zealand-based video maker and game sessionist Mitch Kramer from the channel Heavy Eyed. You can be the you know, Lloyd Banks of this podcast if you want. That that works out well for me because I chose Lloyd Banks as my sidekick. Okay, so. what made you, what made you decide to go for Lloyd Banks over? Because I I went for Tony Ayo just because he was the one at the top. I alternated. I I flipped around. You can do. I think that. everyone needed a turn. I didn't know you could change once you committed. Um, you have to exit out, so it's a bit annoying. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, Not dedicate. <laughs> I chose Lloyd Banks because he's my favorite member of G Unit and has been since I was like fourteen years old. I so uh, that is shocking to hear that somebody on this podcast actually has a favorite member of the. I mean, in fairness, Tony Yeo is only my favorite member just because of his because he's got a funny name. But uh, <laughs> not DJ Wukid. That, that didn't tickle you. No, Wukid was too. No, Wukid was too silly for me. That was um, <laughs> that was a step too far. But Tony Yeo, that was good. Mitch, uh, first things first, for people who might not know who you are, do you want to like explain a little bit of like what, you know, what you do, what you cover, I guess? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I do um, YouTube video essay-ish content, I guess, um, talking about video games. By the time this comes out, I think my full pivot into only talking about video game music will be up. Oh my so, God. Yeah, I'm a video game music YouTube guy. 
<laughs> so if anything, it was it was perfect serendipity that you would come on a podcast to talk about music video game fifty cent blood on the sands, but Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> why so in fairness, there was, this game there does was the have ten- eighteen exclusive fiddy tracks. That is yeah. very true, yeah. And the better you are at the game, the more music you unlock. And there is actually a really good quote about this as well, because um, so he was interviewed in Kotaku in two thousand and nine about it, and like they were like, one of the questions were, "Oh, do you did you see that like Fifty Cent Bulletproof and now Blood on the Sand does that have an effect on the sales of your music?" And his response was, I do see a change in the response to the actual music. What I've learned is that a lot of the time, people who play these games turn the television down and play music from another source, because the quality of the material that's on the actual game isn't up to standards. The opportunity to provide that intensifies the (laughs) actual experiences. Okay, so I haven't... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I was going to say, was 50 was going out of his way to make a game with a good sound a, 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 finally the first good ost for a video game yeah. this was 50s plan i interestingly enough i thought about this while i was playing it the experience of playing blood on the sand is exactly the experience i had growing up with video games in that just random music is playing that has nothing to do with the video game because that's what i used to do it's just like <laughs> mute the tv and play my own music and i was like then this is exactly like growing up <laughs> I, like, I I kind of I kind of get what you I kind of get what you mean because the gameplay itself also feels very throwbacky, but yeah, like the fact that the music is so it is kind of disconnected from the experience itself, despite the fact that it is a fifty cent video game with fifty cents music in it. They don't quite. It doesn't quite like match up with what you're doing no. moment to moment. It does give it does give the gameplay a certain levity. It oh, does yeah. it does kind of lend it this. You are not meant. to... I mean, I don't know. I, I that's the problem. I'm looking at it from a very ironic perspective, and I think this game got appreciated more years after it came out because contemporary reviews were very very dry on the game and very dismissive um because it was very yeah. much like this game is dumb and then years later that changed to this game is dumb and i really like that mm-hmm. um but yeah it's it does make the gameplay a lot less because if you think about what's going on the slightest and you actually take it in any way seriously it's fucking horrific but oh god the, yeah the it moment is. you pair it with 50s beats and the utter insanity and the fact that G Unit is outquipping every single character in Uncharted <laughs> on an individual <laughs> level. It's like, nah, nah, this is fucking hilarious. You, you just the funny it. thing is, is that you say outquipping, but only in terms of pure quantity. The quality of the quips. Okay, are- I mean, okay, and it's also funny because Fifty rarely quips. It's yeah. like everyone around no, him. And and Fifty's idea of it, like, so I was trying to kind of like get to this when we were talking about the Lance Reddick thing because there's a scene where the two of them are together and like Lance Reddick is you know, fucking consummate professional chewing the scenery like, hey, you know, keep an eye on your back, 50, otherwise I'll put a bullet in it kind of thing. And then it just cuts to 50, you say, damn, this guy sucks. I'm going to kill this bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Good line, read 50, uh, take five. One of my favorite aspects of this game, one of my favorite features of the game, and I made a a mocking point of it in an April Fool's video, which Uh that video exists on some plane of irony that not even I'm sure where i was at with it but 
you know, the Spec Ops came out years later, and that game, as you went along, the taunts and the things got more aggressive. In this game, you get money for doing everything you do. And then you can spend that money. You can either buy weapons, which is practical, or you can literally upgrade your taunts, which uh, does, has barely any effect. But 50 just gets more vulgar. And it's funny because it's there's they're rated on a three-star scale, but they're different. Like It's like vulgarity, intensity, and then some other <laughs> fucking thing. But they're all linear. They're all one star, then all two stars, then all three stars. <laughs> There's no variations, but you just go up to like, no, I need three star vulgarity. So the, thing, so the thing I didn't realise until I finished it yesterday, which by the way, folks, the hell, make a note, another video game that James has actually beat for bullet time, put it on the list. Um, I didn't realise there was an actual taunt button and yeah, you neither. get points. You get do get more points for using it. If you taunt after a kill, it adds oh a God. bonus to your kill. <laughs> so it's, it's, so it's, it's like it's like a Devil May Cry game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. It sadly does not increase enemy aggression or bait them in any way, but oh. I, I will I just spent the entire game mashing it relentlessly because I am a child who is relentlessly amused by 50 going, da! Fucking da! Da! <laughs> <laughs> it's the only time he ever has any passion in stuff because like when he gets like double crossed by the woman at the end of the game, he just goes, Damn, I knew she was gonna double cross me. And it's like <laughs> it's just there's no <laughs> intensity in his delivery. It's so good. I've got a, I've got to shout out my favorite torn maybe in video games ever, which is and I don't know which vulgarity pack this is in so i can't okay put taunt pack you have to install but it's you want to climb something bitch climb this <laughs> what, <laughs> what does that even mean uh you work it out oh yeah okay 50 is on his own level in, he really is taunts. he's on a he's on another plane and i'm not even talking about when he goes into the 50 zone to uh <laughs> to kill Mitch. the gut someone. Yeah. Like, uh, Mitch, so there was a technical there was another game that you possibly could have covered, which unfortunately another guest did, but this was your backup. Mm -hmm. Why 50 Cent Blood on the Sands? Okay, a couple of reasons. Yeah. First, I thought it would be really funny. It okay, well, good good news so far. <laughs> I think I think this is a thing that so winning here. Second is at the time of this game's release, and eh, maybe a few years before, um, I was like obsessed with like Fifty Cent and like the whole Dre crew. So like I, I feel like I could have some sort of insight into it, as maybe people picked up on that I have a favorite member of G Unit. Um, yes, and I was able to do that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I I got some Fifty Cent knowledge. Okay, uh, so, so uh, I don't know. Give it, give us a little bit. What's um, what's a fun fifty cent fight that you got? Well, my favorite fact is his beef with Ja Rule that made it into this game. What? Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Because right, I knew that he I'm had blind to this. I, I knew he had. Well, I know that he had beef with Ja Rule, and I knew that he also had beef with the game because um, on my document full of notes, I had written some potential jokes depending where the conversation <laughs> went and one of them was a confusion between the game as in 50 cent blood on the sand a video game and 
the game, a rapper called the game. So <laughs> I won't be using that folks. That's uh, out in the air now. But okay, what's the job rule beef that ended well, up in the game? It's not like direct, but it is very funny because there's a song called Back Down. It is the jar rule this song that he <laughs> wrote and recorded. And you can just tell they kind of like took the album versions of the songs and threw them into the game because at the end of Back Down is a skit about beefing on Jar Rule and that is in the game. So you're like shooting people and there's just this like skit about like how much he hates Jar Rule. And I was just like, this is the craziest thing I've ever experienced in my goddamn life. Oh, that, oh my God. It, I, I'm just thinking now of footage of that. Yeah, over like fitty zoning someone and he's gutting someone like a fish while talking about hating Jar Rule and... I was thinking more when you're on the helicopter mission and it's like when you get the briefings at the beginning of MGS5 from like Austin, <laughs> from, 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 from Master Miller, but it's just him beefing about Cheryl. It's the MGS5 scene with um, the helicopter coming in and Take On Me is playing, but it's just back down Cheryl beef skit. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, God, I didn't listen to much 50 Cent growing up. I was one of those fucking kids who's like, nah, I'm, I'm listening to classic rock and then grew up and realized, oh no, there's fucking good music everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was funny because even in my school, um, the school I went to, uh, American music was semi-popular, but a lot of it was um, grime artists were like, you know, the bread and butter where I was. God, the fact that I had to say the bread and butter was fucking telling on some me I there. mean, in fairness, you do come from, you literally do come from grime country though. So I'm like. North, yeah, North London and went to a, like a, a school in a, I don't know, I want to say a poor area, thingy area. I don't know how to put where I fucking. Working class. Yeah, working class, let's say. So that was the mixer and it was a lot of local artists, which kind of, the, the song that I remember blowing up in my school for like nearly a year and this fucking tragic was Riding Dirty by Chamillionaire. <laughs> oh, banger. Absolute banger of a tune. It is a cracker there. <laughs> See, apparently Chamillionaire is like, doesn't it, isn't he got like, didn't he have like part showers in like Polaris or whatever it was, which was the MCM that used to be the game grumps oh that and Polaris really? was everyone years ago that was like the biggest game in town for late like 2012 and then disney bought it and made it part of maker which i like seems to have disappeared off the face of the earth but yeah that was um chameleonaire like invested in that pretty early he got so, on some God. gravy train i guess he was he was for one time john tron's boss <laughs> that's think funny. about that folks <laughs> Uh, isn't reality a fun web of connections? Um, speaking of which, so Snake, I haven't told you this lore, but when I was talking about 50 Cent with, um, with Mitch, it kind of unlocked something in which was at the end of primary school and going into the beginning of secondary school, I used to be friends with two Muslim lads, one called Abbas and one called uh, Safian. Mm -hmm. and they were enormous hip-hop heads yeah. and when the shady lp drops well i think well abbas i think was on the chronic anyways like to begin with because like all of his brothers were bumping it but then like when the shady lp came out like that was th th that was just music for them going forward and because 
Because I wasn't very, I wasn't very good in primary school. We were just putting a lot of the same classes together, so we used to just hang out out a lot. And me and Sethian would just go over Avis's house, like they were. Wait, day. they were on it in fucking primary school. Oh yeah, near towards the end of primary school. And again, it's because Avis had older brothers who were like pumping yeah, and yeah, stuff. Okay. Anyways, Avis's favorite film, like, well, so I would go over his house with Sethian. And he loved playing more Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 on the Dreamcast. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And his favourite film was Friday, starring Ice Cube. <laughs> this? And he, just, and he just kept showing us the scene where I think he goes over like... I can't remember. I don't know if it's Friday or if it's one of the sequels, but they go over like a drug dealer's house. And his house is just full of dildos because it's... <laughs> I don't know. Because that's, that, that's a Friday tier joke. Abbas, every time I went over, he was like, have you seen this scene? It is the funniest thing I have ever... And it's like, no, I have not. Let's let's see what it is. I, I think I got the short end, because I didn't get Friday, but I had a mate who was really into Don't Be a Menace. Oh, I love um, that movie. I love that movie. Don't Be a Menace is a good <laughs> I mean, it's film, funny, though. but I don't know. I, don't Be a oh, Menace should be sounds like the my gra- growing up. No, I, I was about to say, I think, yeah, I, I, I think... Maybe I got the good end, because I've not seen Friday, so I actually, I jumped in there, because Friday is the more famous one. Friday, <laughs> my favourite thing about it is, um, Mitch, have you seen Have you seen um, Straight Outta Compton, the NWA film? I have. Film? Oh, when they do the, um, <laughs> do the Felicia so reference. For, so for Snake, <laughs> there's, there's a scene, so you know how, like, in you know when they do biopics and they always have to have like a scene in there which probably never happened but it's for the audience because it's like Aaron Ar- 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 yeah, yeah. um there's a scene in <laughs> straight out Compton where they go uh, where where they cut to ice cube on a laptop <laughs> writing the first draft of Friday and he's just making himself laugh <laughs> as he's drinking <laughs> it <laughs> I forgot about that scene. like man this one's gonna be amazing I mean uh, to be fair I've written scripts like that, so <laughs> <laughs> would not judge the man for a second. In fairness, Friday has got some decent laughs in it, so I don't understand him in his mind palace imagining how the film would look. I've been mm. just thinking this is going to be a corker because that's how he thinks. So I, I think I, I have I, a, I do have I, another school okay. anecdote though. Okay, which, go ahead. Uh, this one's very, very. Vague. I was about 11 and um, some like TV people came into a drama lesson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they said, oh, we're doing auditions for a kid show, uh, like a spy kid show thing. And if you want to audition, there are auditions going on here. And I, j- I remember this because um, there were the fuggish, the tough kid character was called 50 Pence. <laughs> and that has just fucking stuck with me because I think even as an 11 year old my brain went that is the fucking whitest thing <laughs> that's ever been fucking put to paper um, I didn't I, I don't know if the show went anywhere I auditioned to play a specky nerd hacker character and I am frankly fucking glad that if the show got picked up I didn't get taken for it <laughs> I've not found heads or tails so it probably didn't go ahead do you want to hear something even more than that, um, Snake? Sure, hit me. Um, did you know that adjusted for inflation, 50 cent would now be 80 cents? Oh my god. Oh no. <laughs> That's I, a problem with picking a name like that and not adjusting for time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I mentioned that though because Abbas and Safian, when like basically the way that I kind of described this to Mitch was that, uh, you know, you had NWA and you had you know um, what's his face, Doctor Dre, and it was like okay, this is a bit harder edged though. And then you had Fifty, who, uh, sorry, you had um, Slim. Uh, he was a bit sillier, but like his bars are very quick. But I don't know, like it doesn't fit. And then Fifty comes out, and he kind of feels like. This is what we were working towards, just an incredibly charismatic man rapping about how awesome he is. Like, yeah. that, was, that was what people wanted to hear. It yeah. was the apex of that and, era. And when, had- Inter, when Inter Club drops, it was like the nuclear bomb on Hiroshima. Or something nicer than that, I suppose. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, I was going to say he had the best intro into hip-hop of all time in that music video where he like oh, yeah. comes down from the ceiling upside down because he's like doing sit-ups upside down he's on in, the roof. He is literally in a lab being made by <laughs> Dr. Dre and Slim. And then and the, the fucking, was it the Super Bowl this year or last year where they tried to recreate that? They did it. They with, did it. Yeah, yeah. It was so good. I was, I was so hyped. <laughs> it was it, it was hype as fuck, but also, fifty is not like. Well, I mean, people do get older, but he isn't. He isn't built as he was. He's not like, like he used to be. <laughs> no, not when he was in like his mid twenties. Like, I may be thinking of the wrong person as well, but he did have a movie career in the twenty tens, didn't he? And yes, he was he was gaining and dropping weight constantly, which is fucking damaging for like mm-hmm. certain roles. <laughs> So it's funny actually that his acting in his game isn't great because in film stuff, he was putting fucking effort in and not oh, just yeah. in like turning up and performing, but like in weight management and doing all that extra stuff, which is fucking difficult to do. By the yeah. way, even though I usually don't do recommends on the podcast, I let the guests do that. But um, when everybody's done listening to this, go and watch 50 Cent in Den of Thieves because Den of Thieves is a fucking corker of a film <laughs> in a good so, way or like a oh oh it is no oh, it's really good it's like gerard butler's in it as like a washed up los angeles detective but he just doesn't but he does not drop his scottish accent oh my god <laughs> and 50 cent is like he went to prison and then got out and it basically it's it's just heat for dumb people but it's really good <laughs> oh hell yeah it, it is such a good watch <laughs> I actually want to point out something as well because Dre has come up repeatedly, which is um to go back to to go back to Fifty Cent Bulletproof. That has um Eminem and Dr. Dre playing bit characters in it. Fifty Cent plays a cop who's constantly on Fifty's ass. And Slim plays yeah, a cop. Yeah, and I I not been able to find out. I I can't remember much about Bulletproof. There is a character in it, but there is. You learn new melee moves in this game from a, an insane homeless man who lives in a f- movie theater and has just picked up all these things. And then Dre plays a guy called Grizz who may be him. I apologize for this very half-baked trivia <laughs> on very faulty memories. Um, I know that I know that Dr. Dre is like your weapons guy. Basically, he's ah. just microchip from the Punisher. He lives in a van and he gives you weapons. <laughs> um okay funnily enough I, uh, regarding regarding the move from bulletproof to blood on the sand in the in the interview with kotaku 
where they mention like, oh, don't you think this game is a little bit violent? Um, here's the quote. 50 is actually addressing the concerns raised in his first game, 50 Cent Bulletproof, that took place in an urban setting that many felt was too realistic. If I didn't do what I did conceptually when it came time to create the setting for the game, I would get all these complaints about the game being too aggressive. So in essence, Blood on the Sand's rather strange story and setting are a direct response to criticisms over the last 50 Cent game. <laughs> Even though it is set in the Middle East, but according to 50, it's not the Middle East. <laughs> it's that, okay. unnamed... It's unnamed nation. It is Resident Evil fouring it as hard it's, as it's it can. Resident Evil fiving it. Yeah, it's very <laughs> Resident yeah, Evil five. Um, <laughs> I think maybe we should introduce the story to this game. Yeah, yeah. Mitch, what's your point though? What were you gonna say? Oh well, I mean, it kind of leads into the story because okay, I don't know if I had this problem, but did it? Could anyone else not pick the language that? Everyone was speaking, or is it just me? <laughs> I I did not know. Um, no, everyone was in it. So what, Fifty Cent was speaking in Italian to you or something. Oh no no, no like the like quote unquote the, the Middle of the Eastern game. language, which because like it sounded fake. At sometimes it sounded like Spanish, and sometimes it sounded German, and sometimes it sounded Russian. Oh, I, you mean I like am nowhere near educated enough to guess, but I am mm -hmm. not going to no, believe for so a second they got in some linguists to make like a a kind of pan Middle oh, Eastern Arabic Farsi. <laughs> that would have been the nuttiest thing if any. They got JRR Tolkien in to write a conlang for fifty cent blood on the stand. Yeah, a linguist turns up and is like, "All right, well, I'm educated in Middle Eastern languages. What do you need me for? Well, we've got Kurt." It's James Jackson on the line. Um, <laughs> Have you heard a Fifty Cent? <laughs> um, yeah, because it's because um, you did mention like celebrities are in this. So like Lance Reddick is in this, and you also mentioned Omar Jalili's in this. Which uh, Mitch was like Omar Jalili ever much of a thing over in New Zealand? Because I know like you guys sometimes got like British export stuff, but I don't know if this might have been a bit too after I, that. You guys mentioned that name earlier and i was just pretending i have no idea That's who that fair. is he was a comedian who was popular in the uk in the mid 2000s late 2020s he was an mm -hmm. iranian comic i i watched a lot of his stuff growing up he is very very funny and he did it's funny because i imagine he was in hollywood films and that for a time he was in he, the Pirates so of he Caribbean was in the mummy films. yeah he was in the mummy oh, but sure. i can only imagine americans just going who's this guy and just or not even registering meanwhile everyone in england going that's fucking Omar Jalili. What the and, and when he turns up in this game, I was like, holy shit, it's Omar Jalili playing pretty much the same part that he'll then do a year later in the Ballad of Gay Tony, the fucking GTA 4 it, DLC. It is kind of tragic that he got to play the most stereotypical mid Middle Eastern character, which is probably the only role he had going in video games, which was a guy who is overly friendly and eccentric and a bit weird. And that is and, the only sort of Middle uh, Eastern character you see. And like the son of an oil baron. So he's just like fucking flush with cash, which he, it, it isn't quite the case in this, but that is the case in fucking um, uh, Ballad of Gay Tony. He's literally just a whiz kid with a bunch of cash to burn. So yeah, I, I, I hope he got, I hope he got to buy a new conservatory out of whatever money he made <laughs> on 50 cent blood on the sands. So he played uh, Eddie in this game, right? Yeah, he does. He's he... the one person who doesn't betray 50 besides the G <laughs> unit. And given the G unit split up, not amicably, arguably them too, at a certain point <laughs> outside the game. 
he is responsible for the best line in the whole video game. Oh yeah. Um, which is 50s like, where can I find Eddie? And the other guy is like, you can find him in the club. <laughs> that sent me I was like oh my god I'm done like this is crazy <laughs> isn't there like a bit as well where he goes ah Curtis Jackson and he goes hey only my friends get to call me that yeah, call me 50 James Jackson that's so excited he's a genuine 50 fan <laughs> yeah he's the one character who's not making fun of 50 cent and arguably, even he is making fun of Fifty Cent. <laughs> Which That's you know, in in a game about how like braggadocious Fifty Cent is, like how awesome he is, you you at least need one character who is also like, yeah, Fifty Cent. He fucking he's the fucking best because everybody else <laughs> in this game is treats him like he's James Bond. Like, ah, Fifty, you thwarted me again. It's like, <laughs> eh. so, I guess then to get around to it, so I'll just say so. The story of this game kicks off. He's holding a gigantic. The story begins with fifty you're a, you're cent a concert, holding a gigantic a concert. concert in the Middle East. And uh, Mitch, you are going to have to fill me in because I'm ignorant. But he rolls into the office of a guy who's meant to handle his payment, and he's like, "Sorry, mate, don't have the money. It's been nicked. But I have this." diamond encrusted skull you can have and everyone's standing around looking at it after 50 cent has jammed a shotgun in the manager's <laughs> face for not paying him and he's like damn look at that ice man and they're like yeah we'll have this and then okay. they're rolling at 50 cent with the fucking skull on his lap having accepted this as recompense for as a giant cons how does I've done freelance gigs, but never in music. I, yeah, I was about to say, have you had concerts like that where they have to pay you in like human remains, like because they haven't got any cash? Once or twice, it's worked out. That oh, way. okay. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a buyer's market. It's bargaining. Yeah, I mean, it had a lot of diamonds on it, and she was the prettiest person in life, and then in death. So you know, that is very true. God, you remember all the quotes in this game? I'm like, I, I all I just I, remember is fifty. <laughs> uh, I remember, like, you want to climb something, bitch, climb this. And <laughs> the ending line of the game, which is, she's an ugly bitch, ain't she? Let's go home. In reference to the skull you've spent the whole game, spoilers, trying to get back. Uh, okay, yeah, so the so basically the plot of the game, summed up very succinctly by 50 Cent himself, is, bitch stole my skull. Bitch took mm -hmm. my skull. And oh, sorry, bitch. Oh, sorry, yeah, bitch took my skull. Genuinely, it is. Fifty Cent is driving, is being driven down non-specific Middle Eastern war-torn country. <laughs> There's war going on around him, and then fucking his Humvee gets taken out. A woman jumps down and nicks his skull. Fifty Cent runs for it, but gets knocked over by an explosion, and then you destabilize this region even further in the pursuit of getting it back. Mm -hmm. Isn't that weird? That's the isn't, story. Isn't it weird that the woman who steals the skull looks like PS2-era Chloe from Uncharted? Oh I, my god, you're My right. brain was just thinking she looks more like an up-resed um, Vicky from fucking Army Men. <laughs> Less no, I haven't played hair. Army Men, so that, <laughs> that, that went over my head. I was just thinking... She looks a bit like the slightly dodgy woman in Uncharted, but without the naughty dog like fucking budget <laughs> to polish it up. I'll say this as well. Um, 
not the prettiest game on the market, and that's mm. all I will say on that fact because that's not really what it was going for. But yeah, anytime it's 50- very grey brown. It does. It's got the. It's funny. It's like an asset from the fifty cent Unity shop has been dropped in the most boring <laughs> shooter ever made. And and in I, terms of environment, not in gameplay. It's, I mean, I'll probably, whenever I put the Twitter post up, I'll use this as, like, the picture to go alongside it, but I don't know whether it was because I was using R- RCPS3 or whatever, but the shading on 50's face wasn't quite right, so anytime he was in cover, he just looked like a deer in the headlights. <laughs> like his oh, eyes I know. Just like- oh my god, I was losing it over that every time. I was like, he looks terrified for his life in this war <laughs> zone. He just looks <laughs> completely shell-shocked. And it's fucking funny he looks terrified for his life, considering he can take two or three rocket rounds directly to the chest before going down. That is very true, yeah. (laughs) If you play Uh, this game on normal difficulty, it is like a boomer shooter with cover mechanics that's on some kind of sedative. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So... so we were talking about like the plot and like the fact that it was set in the Middle East and basically he's a soldier of fortune and it's like I did my damnedest to go online and look for any review which possibly could have like leaned into oh but Blood on the Sand is an example of like America's military posturing during the war and terror and this game is an example no, nobody wrote has written that article because pretty much everyone kind of realized the ironic value of this because basically the way that I described the snake was that like even though it's set in like the Middle East but it's it's just metal slug like it, it's its oh entire political message is head empty bang bang <laughs> the entire the- political message of this game is fifty cent is cool. And bitch yeah. stole my skull. <laughs> That's the cultural cachet of, of the game right there. Yeah. Uh, no, because I I looked at reviews. Um I've got a I've got a fun little bit of trivia, which okay. um Blood on the Sand her, in 2009 won two awards. And I love these awards for the contrast they have. Can I guess one of them? Because I think I know which one I isn't one of them the Spike TV award for No. Like, Oh, okay. Uh, game Shark gave it the award Best Awful Game. <laughs> Meanwhile, GameSpot awarded it Most Surprisingly Good Game. <laughs> and that's a contrast right there. That's Best Awful Game, Most Surprisingly Good. It, it So, yeah, just to kind of like, in, in case people didn't quite, it like, just sort of an hour into the episode. Yeah, this game is surprisingly pretty good. The gameplay is astoundingly fun. It's... Okay, so here's how I'd put it. This game's a third-person shooter. I think it feels a bit sluggish and a bit stiff, and the cover mechanics are sketchy as hell, but you don't need to use them because 50 Cent is a fucking fridge. Yeah, he's a tank. He's he's wearing a bulletproof vest, so of course he can take these rocket launchers to the chest. Right, yeah, right to the sternum, and like, he's, fine. He's, he's the fucking best, and fucking Tony <laughs> Yeo is constantly like, oh, I've got a bad tummy and falls over and you have to help him up, but fucking 50, he can just keep powering through like every single... He, he's called oh, 50 other- Cent because he has that much fucking lead in him and he's still going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Even also though I don't the think they're I made think. of lead, but this is, you know, it's the point. Heavy metals. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This game was made to be co-opted. Um, yes. I think is an important yep. thing to mention because it leads into some very clunky moments, but 
very charming in their own ways where you need to like call your partner to help you up a ledge, but they're stuck uh-huh. on the other side of the map and you're just standing so, there like in this awkward cutscene waiting. Yeah, no, so I, I had that because I, I played it single player. Um, yeah. I am just kind of putting together that there are three official members of the G unit and then the short-lived DJ Woo Kid, but only two-player <laughs> co-op. And it's like... That's God, a, yeah, but then if there were four player. players in this game, it would be the easiest game ever made. Oh, God, yeah. It'd be like... <laughs> it's just You would just wipe... It is funny because you were saying about like the fact that it does feel so kind of clunky, and this does definitely feel like, well... Gears of War has kind of like set the bar for what all third-person shoes should feel like, and unfortunately, those games are very kind of slow and chunky. I mean, here's the here's the thing about it though, because I was kind of building to the point that I think the gameplay is not completely remarkable, but there is so much bombast and insanity, and you walk into a street. A big pop-up comes up which says, kill five snipers, 50 seconds on the clock, and you do it, and the game awards you f- explosive rounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. And that happens multiple times a stage. The game is just so loud, and there's sirens blaring, and everything. Uh, you don't have a second to even realize the gameplay isn't the best, because it is constantly telling you to do stuff that's funny, so and just I, really fun. And it's why I, there's like no way that you could make an argument that this game is like propaganda, considering the fact that you walk into a room, and fucking kids' game show awooga noises start playing whenever <laughs> color-coded... <laughs> Color-coded enemies that are color-coded to tell you what ammo they're going to drop start mm-hmm. flying out. If this was a porn game, this would have been a complete fucking tonal disaster. Oh, God, yeah, imagine yeah. fucking... Yeah, and I'm just imagining, like, it has the cutscenes of the Bourne films where it's just Matt Damon being like, oh, Blackbriar, CIA, that they're around the corner, we need to get going. And then you just leave, and it's like, hit all five targets, and it's... Like this game has literal fucking targets hidden yeah. in every single level. And so not just literal targets. One of the yeah, one of the in-game collectibles you go around ripping posters of yourself off the wall to collect them. Oh my god! When I first saw the the first one, I was like, "This is gonna be amazing." <laughs> this is a fucking video game. Yeah. It is the most. It it, it is bizarre how much of like a video like if like if you asked your parents like what's a video game like they would think it's this where mm-hmm. klaxons go off anytime enemies come out of rooms and there's like kill free soldiers to get to get more grenades like they do like there's a helicopter oh fucking hell how do I we just, explain this do we go i'm plot just trying to plot? think that like this game is i'm trying to put it together because how there are so few people in the universe who could possibly have their name attached to a game that is this much of an ego trip mm-hmm. where it wouldn't come off as so absurdly disgustingly cloying or you wouldn't just think the worst of them but somehow with 50 cent he is such a strange anomalous character of a man that it's like no this just fucking works no. i buy <laughs> I buy 50 cent doing this. And here's the thing, like, like, I I looked at the- If Elon Musk made this game, you'd want to kill him even more, but- Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) Like, I tried to look into the development of this game to see, like, and apparently, like, 50 had a, like, a weird amount of involvement, like, producing it, to the point that I want to imagine that, like, they were already thinking, oh, we're going to make it a little bit more, like, arcade-y. But I just want to imagine, like, 50s coming in, because apparently, like- 
The helicopter. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm gonna have to mention the helicopter section, even it's off in the head, but there's a helicopter yeah. there's a helicopter turret section in this game. And the reason that it exists is because 50 Cent's son suggested it. <laughs> 50 Cent's seven-year-old at the time son was playtesting this game and said it needed helicopters in it. Not just the helicopter section, helicopters. Just helicopters so in funny. general. Like, his son was is the reason there are helicopter boss fights. And, like, That's... apparently they were they were interviewing the G-Unit and stuff, and, um, oh, God, uh... Lloyd Lloyd Banks, your favorite of the G yeah. unit, Mitch. His favorite video game of all time is Final Fantasy VII. Oh, see, you know, not my that, favorite that, Final Fantasy, like, but I like, respect it. Again, they interviewed him in Kotaku, and they were just kind of like, "Oh, these guys are probably whatever. They don't know shit." But he was like, "No, like literally, the production value." The way that he described it was like, oh, they're probably up to Final Fantasy 27 by now, huh? He joked when when questioned his Japanese role-playing game credentials. Yeah, man, Sephiroth and all their dudes. I remember when those games came on, like four CDs. They were scratched by the time that you finished them. That was a big that was a big thing to see that game come up. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Final Fantasy 7 is a guy in his neighborhood who did well. It's like, yeah, good to see you come up in the little Final Fantasy 7. <laughs> That's so funny. I love that. Um, <laughs> you can kind of tell that, like, 50 Cent and, like, Gina and stuff, if they had involvement with this game, were at some point into video games, just by, like, how oh, purely yeah. distilled as a video game this is. Like, it is the most thing, like, all the arcadey shit that's going on. It is, it's it is like, all the best and most fun and least punishing arcadey elements with, like, no live system, though a live system would have been fucking hilarious. I can imagine picking up like big G unit insignias <laughs> or, or, or 50s head spinning on the spot. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can imagine big head cheat modes. That's not really. Oh, hard, yeah. But, yeah. Oh. It's just, it is all these weird sensibilities that for how weirdly into it 50 feels, the gameplay is so cathartic and so absolutely not taking things seriously yeah that's why i have an actual hard time breaking down like what level were they operating at when they made yeah. this I, see this is what i mean like i don't want to give the i don't want to hand it to them too much being like oh no 50 cents like a subversive genius like because like i was playing this game and it remind well i think i mentioned this in the black episode where it was like black should have had elements from this where like you're hitting targets and you're constantly pushing forward because yeah, like you very rarely like you can go into cover, but you very rarely stop in this mm -hmm. game. Like it's constantly moving forward. And the scoring but, system kind of discourages cover a lot of the time. Because yeah. yeah. you, you it's all pushing you towards be aggressive, run out there, murk everyone. Like no <laughs> as quick as you can. And when I played this game, I was getting frustrated myself. I was like Oh damn! I did. I couldn't get the killing spree. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. do it. Or I missed the input the on points. his like finishing combo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you know, you you shoot a guy with explosive rounds, and you go and you get fiddy zoned, and then that is one element of this game I don't really like, um, which is the fucking quick time events and yeah, yeah. LA stuff, which is it, that is weirdly of its time. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. that that is like so of the, like if you made this game today which i'm, I'm gonna use the end of this podcast to kind of make this happen 
Um, <laughs> if um, you like those quick time events would probably be like maybe somewhat automated, or maybe you would just give them a melee button as like yeah. kind of uh, to go along with the shooting stuff. But yeah, you would give you would give fifty glory kills like fucking <laughs> Doom twenty sixteen. I could see um, that I, nowadays. Yeah, that would be your health refill, though. You would, you never really need to refill health. Well, no, he, like this is such a game of the time because it's like, oh yeah, regenerating health, like Call of Duty. But Fifty was probably over the shoulder. And it's like, oh no, I, I, I would get health by way quicker than that. And it's like, okay, Mister Mister Sent, you're the boss. But as a result, <laughs> it's just like you're constantly then in the act, like the game rarely slows down. And I, as a result, the game is something like. It's it's a nice breezy five hour campaign. It's not yeah. very. I think I smashed Which... it in like four. It's oh yeah, no, it's, it's, over so quickly. it's a tight one. It's so 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 short, and I guess because you can replay it. Because here's the thing: I've been saying the game's easy. I did not gold medal a single stage. Neither did I. No, it's they very are tough. <laughs> yeah, like you. It's funny because I say this game's easy, but that's it's easy to beat. But in the context of if you want a perfect play, this it's. Absolutely, it's very demanding. And that's why I think it's thing. Is that's why it has like perfect arcade sensibility because I can imagine, like, like in one of the interviews they said that like, oh, a lot of the games that we were into is like when we were on tour, we had like Xbox 360s on the bus and we were playing these games over and over. And so I could be see it being like, well, we're gonna play this game more than once to like you know do the cool set pieces and stuff like that. So yeah, you'd. You have the platinum style encouragement system of <laughs> okay, now go for gold. So yeah. fifty cent and uh, Hideki Kamiya, they're peas in a pot. <laughs> I guess they so, could be yeah. running together. Just a shame um, there wasn't a space harrier section in this, but there is damn. a helicopter section. So. Okay, it's, I need right. to address the helicopter thing because it is the one thing that really bothered me about this game. Oh, okay. Not the helicopter section itself, but the fact that they didn't know how to do a boss fight, so they just were like, here's an RPG and here's a helicopter, shoot it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> it is the most boring thing, because that's the only... That is the only boss they have. This was... Uh, I'm going to make a very big, dramatic, sweeping statement. This was the dark age of video game bosses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The yeah. dark age of video game boss fights, which have been uh, making a resurgence, but yeah, no. Helicopters in video games were such a bloody meme at this time, because that was... And the fact that a seven-year-old came up with it means that 50 Cent's son was kind of operating on raw AAA levels for ideation <laughs> as a seven-year-old. He was the Bobby Kotick of his time. Yeah, he could be in the industry today, and he's probably a genius, because he had that at seven, and he was on the... <laughs> he was on the wavelength then. <laughs> and here's uh, I, I, the thing, and especially it's funny you mention RPGs because I, I got this out of an LP that I watched that the tactic I saw was you just stockpile all of your explosive bullets. Helicopter uh -huh. turns up, you just unload the revolver into the helicopter and it's just instantly over. So I've just uh held explosive rounds as long as I could to just instantly end the boss fight. I wish I had done that because the helicopters, like you would set up your RPG shot, shoot it. And then it would just, the helicopter would slightly drift to one side and your rocket would just fly past it. And it was it's the oh, most yeah, annoying like kind of, thing. You've got to lead your shots, but the helicopter or, has an annoying arc. And or you yeah. kind of had to like save as much um, uh, gangster fire as you could because the gangster fire stuff is so weird because essentially like 
it slows the game down, but not your bullet speed. So, mm-hmm. like, when you shoot an RPG, it still goes at, like, the normal pace. So, like, it does make it slightly easier to line up shots. The thing that bothered me about that, and maybe mm. this is just a me-specific thing, I don't know, but, like, <clears throat> it seemed like those RNG on the rockets themselves where sometimes they would just do, like, a little half circle. And it would always half yeah. circle around the fucking helicopter. And I was like, I was ready to throw my controller. I was like, are you kidding me? Why did you just half circle past the helicopter right now? It <laughs> does just feel like the helicopter's turned up and the fun has left for however long this <laughs> I mean, this it's is a shame that, that like the only... It is funny that you mention that though, because it does feel like it's, it's the it's the it's the like the two eras of video games but in heads where it's like well we want them to be realistic because they're mature and they're masterpiece artworks but we also have to do the capcom big boss fight thing and and fucking hideo kojima turned up like you know like fucking moses down from the mountain with the ten commandments and goes use a helicopter <laughs> it's a big Capcom style boss, but it's also real. It's is real. It's realistic within the thing. And it's like ah, of course. But like, you could have fought a tank in like that. Could have been a decent boss fight. Was just fighting a tank. I yeah, mean, and there's it. a time you fight a tank, but you just put a C4 explosive on it and run away, and that's it. Like, it, or you're in the helicopter and you're oh, yeah. ripping through stuff like bosses. So. They yeah. could only get fifty cents sun in for one day. They weren't flush. <laughs> <laughs> his his consultancy fee was like half the budget of the game. <laughs> if he they got him in two or three more times, they have so many bosses. There would have been a walker in it at some point. Oh, <laughs> oh, what well, he he was like pitching Metal Gear Rex for like yeah, Dad, you should fight. Yeah, you should you should fight Metal Gear Ray. That'd be tough. That'd be sick, Dad. Get in there. Um, it is funny that you mentioned the Alfie though, because yeah, like. I feel like most people might have like found out about this game this way. I know, I don't know if you knew about this game before the Chip Cheese MLP, but this is like how I found out about the no, game. No, that's so. how I discovered it as well. This is a weird bit of shared history we have. So, just for Mitch's sake, the so Chip Cheese was like a something awful Let's Player from like the golden age of Let's Plays, like about 15 odd years ago. <laughs> It was and not he quite that did, bad, but yeah. Well, uh, well. So the actual LP itself is from about ten years ago. But Actually, no wait. God, no, you're right. Fifteen years ago. Oh, fucking, that's tragic. God. <laughs> oh my god, I'm turning to dust. Um, and he did a um, he did an LP of uh, Fifty Cent Blood on the Sands, and their like their thing as they were going through it was that his co-commentator was constantly reading through a book on sociology called American Apartheid to try and like add context to what was happening. A little bit the- of flavor. It was funny with having this little guy who was playing the game and a sociology student at the time playing through it. Yeah, oh, like my God. giving this very academic reading of like, you know, the origin of like, you know, um, Af- African-American vernacular and like the rap genre and stuff like that. But that's where I discovered the game. Weirdly enough, Chip Cheeson went to go work for Volition um, on the Saints Rose games. And to tie this all back up, apparently 50 Cent was at one point going to develop and produce a Saints Row film. Oh my god. Okay, this amazing. is news. Yeah, I think, because this came out in 2009, so this would have been like smack bang in the middle of Saints Row 2 and Saints Row 3, which... The Saints Row the Third stuff probably feels a bit more in 50s, like, yeah. wheelhouse, because it's like, you know, bling bling. 
bit of but, grit, a bling bling with a bit of grit to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And again, like two potentially could have been the thing of yeah, making it slightly grittier. But um, yeah, apparently he was on like an earnings call, uh, like he was on a conference call with THQ, like about it, and that's when he mentioned Fifty Cent Blood on the Sands. So, but I don't huh. believe anything ever came of that, unfortunately. Interesting. Oh, so um, um <laughs> I was Mitch, say, go ahead. how I found out about this game. I think I was one of the few people who heard about it when it came out because you know I was big Fifty Cent because you were a Fifty fan, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was distraught that I could not find a copy and purchase it for myself because it just like it was just so hard to find. Did um, it just not come to New Zealand? It did, but like in a very low um quantity because i looked this up just yesterday only fifty six thousand copies were sold within the first like five months yeah that that's another (laughs) reason why this game is on bullet time not because you suggested it and be funny Uh, this game is a yeah this this game did not do very well this is like one of the many titles that sunk vivendi and is now why like they have just dissolved into activision and like other parts of the industry it's like Vivendi were for like a weird, like they were the ones who published all the Crash Bandicoot and Spyro games, but they also did like a lot of the Marvel st- Like they did Hulk Ultimate Destruction. Oh my stuff God. Like that. Yeah. I mean, this will be tragic. I mean, this is tragic in my eyes, maybe find someone else and it may just say something, but Swordfish, the developers of this game, they got rolled in, became Codemasters Birmingham <laughs> and have made nothing but f1 games since <laughs> which is a tragic waste of talent and i mean that's uh, when you were talking about the development of the swordfish games oeuvre before and you mentioned um cold winter everything yeah. else they made was rugby and cricket games so it just yeah. feels like you gave these lads a chance and they would make a fucking belter but oh yeah. they never got those chances I wonder though. I wonder how many of those guys are still left over at Codemasters because they're all part of the EA. Fa- Imagine if those guys were like, "Oh, we need to make a new battlefield." Has anybody got any? And they just like <laughs> kicked down the door and it's like, right, fifty cent <laughs> battlefield game. Because <laughs> I was thinking of this in regards to there's a game that I really like called The Club, which we may do at some point. Oh, which is I, I do not like The Club. Oh, that'll be an interesting. But I've only played it on PS3 and it anyway, go on. Um, so basically it's like an arcade shooter which was made by Bizarre Creations, the guys who did Project Gotham Racing and Blur. And their concept for the game was like the Mario Kart of third person shooters. So it was all about doing laps and like hitting targets and like keeping up combos and stuff like that. And I do really like it, but I think 50 Cent Blood on the Sand is like a better version of that it, concept it, because it's the same raw concept because it's very well, you know, Mario Kart, but it's very Tony Hawk in that, yeah, you yeah. run around and you've got to chain kills and get the high score and then you progress if you get the score. And the fact you're running in circles is genuinely ridiculous, but there is a very clear connection between these oh. buggers. Oh, absolutely. Um, Speaking of arcade credentials, just because we haven't mentioned it yet. Um, this game has driving sections in it, which again, oh, yeah. you would think, and fem- oh god, every game of this era has a driving section in it. Driving sections in this, uh, they're okay, but not only that, but, oh Mitch, go on, what was it, make, make, make your point. Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it is one of the very few points of the game where you're like, this was made to be co-op. Because oh yeah, oh yeah. If you play it single no. player, like I'm guessing we all did, you can only drive and you're not shooting. Yep. Which was very. You just annoying. have to hope that your AI buddy does not make a total ass of the whole situation. Yep. So I ended up for most of that because he would only shoot him so much. I had to play it like burnout, and like I had to finish them off by driving into them. Yep. Which I did the same thing. <laughs> they're not too hard, is the thing, but yeah, they're yeah. definitely. You definitely just play it, and you feel like. I am losing out here. Why? And to think about games that no one but me remembers and aren't worth remembering, the Starsky and Hutch and... (laughs) 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 The Starsky to Hutch and 187 Ride or Tie. God, both terrible games. But... Have either of you played 187 Ride or Die? No, and it's funny because I was debating mentioning it in regards to like, this game feels like the final breath of the gangster game, which became enormous after like GTA San Andreas and then like, this this is the last I've got a a big ultimate statement on it, which I think, no, I'm going to say it and people okay. smarter than me will absolutely tear it down, so I'm ready for that. I think Saints Row the Third killed that super dead. Yeah. Um, well, Saints yeah. Row the Third came out after this. I, well, I think uh, they yeah, came out but at the same was, time. I mean, so Saints yeah, Row was... the Third kind of twisted it because that was when Kanye was getting big and I think Gantz oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of face was changing. Yeah. Um, and he was the face of gangster rap and now he's changing. So it all comes around, really. Um, okay, yeah. Wait. Quick but, question on this, uh, yes, killing yeah. the gangster game. Would you? Where would you put Sleeping Dogs? Oh, so, oh Sleeping Dogs is an even part of the conversation, that, I think. I wouldn't put that in a gangster game. I mean, we're talking like American gangster, I think, right. whereas I would class that more as a heroic bloodshed style inspiration. I get what you mean, though, because Sleeping Dogs was meant to be true crime Hong yeah. Kong. Before. Yeah, before it got changed out and bought around and yeah. Yeah. As a as a true crime, well, that, the weird thing was was that it, it was initially meant to be its own thing. Then it became a true crime game, and then it went back to being its own thing again. <laughs> oh, I did not. I didn't know that first aspect. Yeah, no, it, it was a, it wasn't called Sleeping Dogs, but the the original concept all the way from the beginning was um, open world game set in Hong Kong. So, oh, that's a it's a, such a funny game, Sleeping Dogs. Just to kind of linger on that for a moment, just that. I know so many people who love Sleeping Dogs who aren't otherwise into video games. Yeah. That is such an odd aspect of that game. that Because Heroic Bloodshed and, you know, Chinese triad crimina- criminal film genre, that kind of stuff, that isn't super popular. That's kind of a niche thing that you get into. Yet that game, which is all of that, somehow pe- I know so many people who aren't into video games who fucking love Sleeping Dogs. It I don't know why, because it's a fucking belter, but... It also kind Such of feels like if you don't play a lot of video games, it's a good snapshot of like every video game in 2013 because it has oh, I get you, yeah. Arkham it's got, Combat. Yeah. It it has Pursuit Force style jumping between vehicles. It's kind of um, GTA. It, yeah, it's just has, and and yeah, the plot is is basically Infernal the Affairs. New, the new Saints Row like nicks its vehicle ramming mechanic, but makes oh. it a million times worse. Just kind of bring that back to Fifty Cent working on a Saints Row film. I'm just. <laughs> Gaming is such a fucking tangled web. What f- it is. It's a it's a beautiful tapestry yeah. in some ways. And 50 Cent is the big jewel right at the center of it. 
He's holding it all together. He's the Mario of video <laughs> yeah, games. Yeah, he's like, he's like in Spider-Man Homecoming. He's holding the boat together, just on his own. <laughs> um, I was when I was talking about the vehicle stuff, I forgot because we were talking about like it was designed for co-op. The fucking yeah. the end of this game is literally just the Warhog run from Halo Combat. Yeah, except when I did it in the club was playing and <laughs> perfect. I clipped it because it was so funny that I didn't so, like, manufacture that myself. <laughs> So towards the end of the game, I started typing in my own music, which made it a million times funnier because I was listening to like '80s post-punk stuff. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 I did not. I did not touch it. So here's yeah. the, here's the thing about this game's soundtrack, which I really love and is really fascinating. Because not just so Fifty Cent says people are piping in their own music. I want to make a soundtrack good enough to people are going to just listen to the game. You can turn you can vary the pl- the set list of oh, this yeah. game you can turn off tracks you don't like enable them you could just have the same track you could just have if you wanted in the club over and over <laughs> yep. again so but when i initially I, played just, this I, I i let it sit because you gotta let it you gotta let it all play <laughs> when i initially played this as a joke i set a play was which was just nothing but if i can't do it <laughs> but because i'm great at starting points and ending them 20 minutes later the reason i bring up 187 ride or Dial right, right, and Hutch, those are both no it's not your fault it's me not getting to my point is those are both games which are play exactly like this section but worse it's funny yes. that this is a this is a toss on mode in this 50 cent game which is already fun and there's these two games which are fully based on this mechanic one of them based on starsky and fucking hutch <laughs> and they are both games where one player drives, one player shoots, which are horrible co-op games. Very boring. If you ever want to lose a friend, sit them down to play this with you because they'll immediately know you don't actually want to hang out with them. But, <laughs> by the way, James, we need to stream that at some point. Um, well, but- yeah, we do need to. 187 could, could be on the podcast. When yeah. we run out of FPS games, we want to talk And we have to start thing. doing hybrids. But if you play that game single player... The fucking dr- the fucking shooter becomes auto aim, and that is the one edge these games have. You they just aim at the thing, and you press the trigger, and they do the shooting. Oh my god! And there's enough buttons to to handle that. They didn't just need to be the AI just <laughs> having a fucking giggle at you. Yeah, um. that's that is my very long winded point that Fifty Cent could have learned from One Eight Seven Ride or Die, which. <laughs> Is fucking fascinating because no one can learn from 187 Ride or Die. What 187 Ride or Die should have learned from 50 Cent, which 50 Cent learned from Sega, is that at the beginning of every vehicle section it says Rolling Star, like Daytona USA, and that made me, that put the biggest smile on my face every time it happened. (laughs) Maybe I should have actually turned off the music and just had... You know. Oh, so the reason I mentioned that is that I turned the music off towards the end, and like in the driving session, I think I had like the Kia on, but then I did turn it off anytime they were talking. And the fucking what a perfect choice they could have had for the credits music of this game. It's, it's fucking PIMP. Oh yeah, I'm it's so just, glad they chose it's just that a one. track. It is the most braggadocious track of I'm the fucking best <laughs> as the credits music to the game where you fucking level. A Middle Eastern country to get a skull full of diamonds in it, which you then deface by putting a big cigar in it at the end. Oh my god, that was so funny. I forgot about that. That was so funny. (laughs) Okay, so I I, I, I got to fucking bring this up because we're 
kind of we're talking about the ending thing. This game has multiple endings, which is so what? fucking stupid. Oh yeah, it I does. didn't know that. <laughs> that is the so you know you when you're in the final level and you get to you get to a shutter and they're like you get I've to got a power box. Yeah, yeah, you get oh, to a power yeah. box. Yeah, and the woman's like, no, if you do that, I can't save my family or whatever. The game has two endings. It doesn't make a lick of difference, by the way. It's just, you. there is one moral choice, and it is so pointless, because either way, you basically screw over this woman, you nick the skull, and you fuck off. That's- yep. Oh my god. I so forgot yeah, this about game that choice. Has multiple- uh, like you get to a shutter, yeah, and the uh, the woman who at first nicked your skull, but then spoilers, they get into a sort of alliance of convenience, and there is slight teasing of a romantic t- tryst, which is so fucking funny. <laughs> it's just, oh yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, he has all the Harrison Ford style charisma of, damn, that bitch is crazy. I guess <laughs> I'll have to work with it though. <laughs> I am glad yeah, they, and like, you, so you can either like open this door and skip a big chunk of the final level, or go elsewhere and do do it the the hard way, which is always a very weird way of doing this kind of content. Which is yeah. the morally correct thing to do is also more gameplay, which is what you've bought the thing for. But <laughs> I'm not going to overthink. I'm not going to. No, I am overthinking this. We're an hour and a bit into a podcast on it. Like, what the fuck am I saying? <laughs> it's just, it's so funny that it exists. Yeah. Oh, man. I, yeah. I, I genuinely, I have had to stop and Google because I was like, I'm pretty sure this game had alternate endings. And that's your response of, did it? It's like, yeah, because I had to just check it and I knew it did. I I, <laughs> I knew it. Ha- I, I knew it. Ha- I, I thought it only had, t- I think it only has two endings though. Two potential. It's basically, sli- it's like the film Sliding Doors. It all depends on whether you open the shutter or not. <laughs> it's such a fucking funny ending as well, because you just destroy this part of the world to get this girl back <laughs> and you leave this woman in the middle of the desert as 50 cent happily drives away saying damn this skull is fucking ugly well guys let's go home as he well, puts us in the back to queens i genuinely can't get over how much i fucking love certain elements of this game's fucking narrative oh i do it is so confident in its stupidity that it's yeah. like you can't help but appreciate it like um to circle back a little bit to like it, the, the uh 50 cent definitely wasn't subverting anything i just think he sat in a room and was like this would be dope i would oh yeah yeah yeah, 100%. yeah i can buy that like, I, <laughs> I think yeah. there were slightly more aware people around him who sort of skewed it that way but again yeah. i think it's not you i wouldn't even say aware actually just more cynical or less invested in the 50 cent project <laughs> i think it's as you said though these are like died in the wall developers who you know they were making rugby games and now they're making f1 games and the one opportunity that they saw to just try something even though it's fucking 50 cents sitting in the room and it's like oh and you should be able to shoot helicopters and then when the helicopter goes down you should call it a bitch and they're like we're going to make the best third person shooter we possibly can it's literally homer designing the car for his brother and it's a failure <laughs> it <is. laughs> oh that's the image for this episode is 50 cent driving the homer car oh, that's fucking, that is the perfect fucking metaphor for this fucking game <laughs> 
Well, there we go. That, that's, <laughs> that's the fucking riddle of 50 Cent Blood on the Sand. Fucking solved right there with that <laughs> fucking equivalency. Because, no, yeah. And it's funny because it did middling when it came out. And it's only oh, yeah. just afterwards it got the appreciation. And I think it was just games around it getting a lot more self-serious and great. Oh, God, and yeah. yeah well, that it took a few years. And some people appreciate it right from the start because it... A fun game is a fun game, but it was only after it was only given time. It was like this was really fun and really silly, and people getting out of being way too self serious. Kind I mean, of. This, ca- this came this out the same year as well. Belt. Fucking Modern Warfare Two. That thought it was making a really smart political statement of letting you blow up a, a, a fucking airport. Whatever. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. It's the same if year. That, as, um, if that level was in fifty asylum. cent, you would get a combo multiplier. <laughs> if that level wasn't, was if that level wasn't fifty cent, Tony A was like, man, this shit is crazy. <laughs> how'd I get? He would be going, how'd I get this through the metal detector? And everyone would laugh. <laughs> yeah, they'd be rightly. cracking jokes about that. It's just like, hey, fifty, <laughs> all aboard. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, fifty, don't forget to hit up the duty free. <laughs> I'm already on it. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Oh, I just now want like I always make this thing of like oh you know if a game's good because you like you want to go through it as Tony Hawk and grind everything. <laughs> I just want every FPS game just just have like a fifty cent mode in it. Like I want fifty cent in The Last of Us. <laughs> fifty, she's got she's got sudden in her blood to help save humanity. Okay, well, I guess you were me. I hope you're not too chatty. <laughs> oh my god, I just. Wanna, what are they called in Last of Us? The enemies, the like weird monsters. Oh, the clickers, oh, the, the cordyceps. Yeah. Oh, the corpus. Oh, yeah, the corpus. Oh, I the just want to yeah. see him like kick one of those down and be like, "Stay down, pussy!" And then like, <laughs> <laughs> that every time he said that, I was fucking losing my mind. That is like the 50, funniest the, thing the, to say. These to guys, <laughs> fifty. These guys work on sound. Damn, I wonder if they like my music. Uh-huh. <laughs> When Joel stabs the surgeon, 50 Cent would just fucking, the screen would fade out. They'd be in the zone, and then he would just, he would combo him five times in the gut, and then say, fucking die, as all the fucking surgeons just go, okay, all right, you can have her then. And then in The Last of Us 2, Abby doesn't get revenge, because she's like, how the fuck do I even measure to that? (laughs) She'd fucking club him around the head with a golf club, and it would just bend backwards. <laughs> no, she, would try it. she would try to shoot him with gangster fire. <laughs> she would shoot him in the leg and it wouldn't fucking make a difference. God, talk about 50 Cent and his son. They would have they been better in the new God of War game, just then oh, going on a nice Viking adventure. 50 and son. That would make me excited for the sequel. <clears throat> 50, 50 Cent and his son, Quarter. <laughs> God damn it. Um, that is another thing I noticed about this game. Yeah. Is that like everyone so straight facedly calls him 50 Cent or Mr. 50 or Mr. Cent, and you can tell he like was very involved in this game because no one makes fun of his name. There is not a no. single time that someone like quips on him for being called 50 Cent, which is like the easiest thing you can do in the world in that situation. <laughs> It is the sort of thing of like it was almost like it's a game that like 
they made like as a make a wish thing that yeah, nobody was horrible. To him. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just treated him with the utmost respect, despite the fact that one, he's as warm as a fucking log, and two, it's just kind of he is just going through this country being an arsehole just so he could get paid for a concert that he did. Which, in fairness, it did look like a pretty flash concert that he oh, did. Oh, it was a fucking banger of a concert. Like, that was the only infrastructure in the city that was actually intact. <laughs> Probably yeah. still standing at the end of the game. <laughs> it was the only place a gunfight didn't take place, but one fucking threatened to happen. All because of 50. God. That's, I also need to redeem myself. We've talked about the beginning and end of the game, but that's really because the middle is just several consecutive betrayals except by the character played by Omid <laughs> the, Jalili. The, the, middle of, the middle of the game is time crisis. It's occasionally interrupted so 50 can get betrayed and he can go to a different zone. Which, even though I said this was an ugly game at the beginning, it does have some cool... Like, when you fight through old Iranian palaces and stuff, it's quite it's quite neat looking. It's not they did put some effort into some places in this game. They clawed yeah. as much as they could out of the yellow brown color palette. Yeah. Out of hey, modern warfare's doing this, you gotta do it as well. Mm -hmm. Which But I kind of wish there was a like my my hope is I hope that this game has gets enough ironic value or whatever that one of the new blood people discovers it and they decide they're gonna make like the end of the, they're gonna make a third one like end the trilogy bulletproof blood on the sand untitled third um 50 cent <laughs> game because like again like the bones of this is good it is like a really fun arcadey co-op third person shooter which i did say was like it is kind of like a modern day metal slug in regards to yeah, it's set during the war, but it it has about as much to do with war as like Mario Kart has to do with carbon emissions. You know, it's the two aren't particularly compatible with one another. And but I could I, just I, imagine somebody just making a really fun, more arcadey version of this that just kind of drills so much on it. But I think it still needs that. Slightly. I, I was going to kind of ask: Is do you wish this game had the limiters taken off, or do you think it's actually all the more funny and worse was, because it is slightly grounded? Because yeah. I think that groundedness is what makes it so hilarious. Is that? Yeah, yeah. I think it's the fact it that Fifty Cent takes himself so seriously makes it a lot more entertaining. Oh yeah, no. If if Fifty Cent didn't take it seriously, this would fall apart. The joke yeah. would not. The fact that he believes in himself so much that. You play his game and you think, in his heart of hearts, he believes this could happen. <laughs> I could do this. <laughs> I, I, could, I could go to war-torn Iraq and get my skull back. Easy. I, he, I don't know. I respect the fact that I believe he could do that. This quality that I've projected onto him. It is a thing, I though. respect him for. Because Bulletproof was obviously, that was urban warfare, and this is, like, modern warfare. What, what, where do you go from here, though? Space. Well, space, yeah. <laughs> there we go. But there's the, the thing, because he, he, he made a kind of superhero show, didn't he? Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! <laughs> he, and 
I can't find this article anymore. I've talked to, you, to to James about this multiple times, and this may just be conjecture. I don't know if this predated the show. I don't know whatever. But I swear to God, years ago, I read an article where 50 Cent was talking about how he wanted to make a game where he was someone who was experimented on by the military and given superpowers, and he was on the run from the cops, but mm-hmm. he was going around solving crimes with superpowers while on the run from the oh police, and he wanted to make a game about this concept. And... That's a cool concept. God, I, I wish. That's the... The third 50 Cent game is superpowers, but he just... but taken with absolute deadly 50 cent fucking on brand believing in himself seriousness it's the <laughs> it's the incredible hulk tv series except it's with a guy who is overly confident <laughs> the complete opposite of dr bruce banner is somebody who has too much confidence yeah he only hulks out when he believes in himself the problem is with 50 he never stops believing in himself for one <laughs> second, and and he doesn't hulk out. He his his hulking out is gangster fire. That's his special ability. <laughs> his hulking like, out is his sleeves evaporate. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, he doesn't own any shirts with sleeves on it. He he's got the guns out at all times. Yeah, all suns out, guns out. Exactly, and it's always sunny in that game. No, not even a drop of rain. It's that's what I mean. It's the perfect, it's the perfect summer fun game. It's arcadey. Exactly. It's always sunny. It's great. God, have we got anything? Any other? Is, is there any other gold to mine from this game? I think I think everyone's on the same page. Of Fifty yeah. Cent Blood on the Sand, actually one of the maybe the best game of the xbox 360 era nothing came close to it it, it, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't you know, it doesn't even have tacked on, it doesn't even have tacked on like pvp that's the yeah. fun no, that's incredible true thing. yeah it stood out from that it was firmly in the era of it was you got co-op it fucking ran on GameSpy, but it also had split screen so you could actually play it <laughs> but, yeah Again, it's better than it's better than fucking Resident Evil Five and Six. Yep. In that yep. 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 I guess I've. I don't know if I want to broach it because it's an entirely selfish one, and I'm not Do sure it. if off the cuff I could be clever about this or smart about it. So, I'll say this for people who do watch my stuff, and I said it earlier, but the level of irony I was on in that April Fool's video, yes, is way more fluctuating than you think. I was going to say, <laughs> just for the people at home that might not know, Snake. Um, the reason that Snake's on this episode, other than the fact that I know he, he likes 50 Cent, is that he did make a, a April Fool's video essay where he compared 50 Cent Blood on the Sand versus Spec Ops The Line. And, and yeah, <laughs> talked about how the games treat violence in video games and some such and demonizing the player which frankly i don't actually believe spec ops does and i think that is an overreaction but i was playing the funnier angle for the video of course yeah which is that um if you if you stretch a game's meaning to breaking point you can you can make a case that 50 cent says everything that spec ops the line does but better because it tricks the player into having fun along the way yeah. <laughs> and I don't truly believe that, but I also think it's very amusing that if you say those words in not so ridiculous a way, you could probably make someone believe it. 
I think I think you could definitely make an argument because I don't think Fifty Cent Blood on the Sand has. I don't believe Fifty Cent has an anti-war message. Like we said no. earlier, Fifty Cent Blood on the Sand has no message beyond Fifty Cent is cool. Fifty yeah. Cent is the bomb, <laughs> and where the fuck's my skull? Fifty Cent could be if you wanted to. Just the fact that it is set in the Middle East in the late two thousands could be misconstrued as propaganda. But in oh, yeah. that respect, it is a much better piece of propaganda than Spec Ops The Line, <laughs> which right, tricks I, itself I, into thinking that it's not through its message. But at the end of the day, both of them are doing the same thing. But 50 right. is a lot more confident and a lot more honest in that approach. I can get that. I can get behind that. And also say, and this is going to be the most pretentious thing ever said in regards to 50 Cent Blood on the Sand or maybe all games criticism. The fun thing about media literacy is that if you have it, everyone still sees different words on the page. Um, Damn. I fucking hate myself for saying that, but there we I go, mean, it's out there in the fucking world now. You're right. So, as Mitch mentioned, 50 Cent Blood on the Sand only sold 56,000 copies in the <laughs> Oh, that's fucking tragic. How it the- It is tragic! I knew it was bad, but not that bad. Yeah, like, you know, horrific this, if, failure. This, if this game had got a PC port, I think it would have maybe- maybe might have been you know people would be talking about it a bit more than they are today because again if this was on steam you just go hey download this game it's a lot of fun and then you know it again it would bloom and bloom and you'd have people on twitter you know you'd have the new blood guys being like hey this is actually one of the best games of this generation give it a go blah 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 kind of thing Um, i've got one last fucking um, contemporary review thing then just to bring it up because this is the last note i wrote down i managed to hit all my notes i panicked half an hour ago and i was like (laughs) oh fuck i hit all my notes i i I nearly hit all my notes but yeah same yeah which um good episode good episode for uh, getting i mean (laughs) getting all the notes out but so Charlie Brooker gave this game a negative review. That was one of my notes. That was one of your notes. Charlie Brooker on the one episode made a games wipe, which I like a lot of Charlie Brooker's old stuff. Don't like Black Mirror, but that's just as a just (laughs) Mitch. Do you know who Charlie Brooker is? Just as a I do now that uh, Snake just said uh, Black Black Mirror. So before he wrote Black Mirror, he used to be a games writer who then became a media writer, like a media critic for the Guardian. I didn't oh, and know this then will be he had a TV series on the BBC called Screen Wipe and like TV Wipe, which was basically him like criticizing modern television. But he did a one-off called Games Wipe, which is what this is from. Yeah, oh um, it's funny because if you were a British media student, uh-huh. you knew about fucking Charlie Brooker because Yahtzee, his, uh, like yeah. owes a ton of his style to like. Oh, Charlie yeah, no, uh, there oh, is wow. a direct fucking line from Charlie Brooker to Yahtzee's style of breaking down games because it's very acerbic it's very very cynical it's very critical and charlie brooker was someone who was in the tv industry for a long time and then broke down here's how these things work here's how cynical it is and then he just put a bunch of very dumb jokes in between that and screen wipe is very good and yeah you are basically forced to watch it and he made an episode called games wipe which was actually very very it, it was i think it was okay for its time in the sense that he was trying I've, to dispel the notion that games are only for idiot children. It's like, actually, they're quite sophisticated. They're quite yeah, funny. They're I quite thing. But he has this section on 50 Cent Blood on a Sand where he critiques it for the story being dumb and for it making no sense and being kind of bland. And you know what? It's okay that Games Wipe was only one episode when you think about that because 
Because I don't know. It's just one of those things where it was also it's very in that shallow, era where considering it's, it's kind of shallow, and it's in that era where games were trying to be taken seriously, but in that very unconfident kind of um, like shallow can... way, where it's like it's fake prestige. They just want to look like they're worthy of being compared to other mediums when they you always can see how it hits work. the double hitter in 2013 of Bioshock Infinite and The Last of Us, two games that try and do games are as important as film and one of them i'd say pulls it off absolutely pretty well and then the other one disappears up its own ass and it's one of the worst fps games ever made but we'll never do it on the podcast <laughs> um <laughs> thank you thank you um but yeah it's funny like it is weird that, yeah he because uh, like a lot but then he was a lot he was a lot like that on games on um stream wipe about like I can kind of see he it though because he was television. Yeah, he hated reality television. He hated people who he saw as kind of egotistical and up themselves. But and I think that kind of, I mean, obviously we can't fucking speak for Charlie Brooker on a episode of a thing that happened over ten years ago. But it's just, it's funny to think that's kind of where games coverage was. That even the people trying to defend it, it was so trying to defend it and make it seem worthy that it had to lambast this game, which at the end of it all is really fucking fun. Yeah, <laughs> and I at least I at least feel as kind of to end on a nicer note with that. Games writing has kind of come back around to being like like Journey. I think kind of helped in regards to oh no, like as mechanical pieces, as kind of like things to be manipulated and play with. That's actually kind of a lot more important than just emulating film because like film film emulates film but as a result film is a lot better at doing that than games are versus the things that games are very good at doing and you can still tell very effective stories and mm -hmm. like you know get emotions through with them which 50 cent is absolutely a product of pure joy in that respect and i think manages to hit that better than say I don't know, Bioshock Infinite manages to tell a story <laughs> about, you know, the emotions that it tries to hit in that because it goes through all the... Well, it's, it's like fucking... It's, it's, it's like a robot at Disneyland trying to make you cry because it looks like a child. And it's like, yeah, but I know this is artifice. This is shit. This yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. 50 Cent Blood on the Sand. <laughs> yeah. 50 Great game. 10 out of 10. <laughs> um, didn't, um, they didn't sell it in Germany, though, which is probably why it didn't... Um, do very well. The oh, game yeah, not I saw released that. I saw the game that. was not released in Germany, <laughs> likely due to fears that it would be indexed by the Federal Department for media harmful to young persons. Uh, there's 400 or so games on that list, which wow, still pretty esteemed. Mostly, mostly esteemed World company. War II and Wolfenstein games for yeah, obvious sense. reasons. <laughs> yeah. And um, I believe Hooligans. Oh, nice yeah, tie-in. Let's tie into the I mean, that won't even be timely when this episode no, comes out. No, the, 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 this episode's <laughs> but, out in, I don't know, like 2031 or so, and I'll probably be dead by then. <laughs> I, I mean, I just want to point it out for me. I'm going to date this episode, but I, I am operating on four hours sleep, and I worked... I, I've genuinely come off of, like, a week where I have worked from 9 a.m. to 2 in the morning, except for yesterday where it was 5am, woke up at 9 and continued and got the episode out, and I feel like I'm going to die. So I think I'm holding together pretty well for all that. I couldn't well, tell. So you've been doing you've, pretty you've well. well. You might want to die, you. though, after oh, everybody's no. favourite part of the podcast, which is... The, oh, I, uh, no, the I love this. The Vox Office, right? Um, 
I'm going to try something slightly different for this episode because there's quite a lot of duplicates in the charts. So rather than doing the usual five, I'm, I've extended it to ten. So this might be oh. a bumper length oh boy. Um, okay. charts. But um, So just as a heads up, this game debuted at number 17 on the US video game charts, which is pretty... I want to say that might be the... Oh, actually, no. I think Singularity debuted at, like, number five or something. So that's, like, the highest any of these games on Bullet Time have debuted. But that seems still pretty respectable, you know, in its first yeah. week. I mean, considering how it seems to have only gotten, you know, 60,000 or so, it seems to have tragically kind of fallen off pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it got an initial burst, and then, again, people were like, oh, but it's not as... It's not as astute as Modern Warfare 2, where you <laughs> where you where you drop a bomb in space and Price says What the fuck is it the thing that he says and it's just like, oh I'm making an EMP. It's like how the <laughs> fuck would you know that made I think an he, EMP? I think he just kind of acts fucking cryptic about it. But yeah, no, this guy who's been in a Russian gulag gets out, gets into a song <laughs> yeah. and is like doing this fucking massive move where yeah if i detonate a nuke in atmosphere that will cause an emp charge which will save the americans in washington fucking what a giga brain this lad was <laughs> he, he, he had nothing but time to figure that out while he was in the yeah that was like, in his cell he just had nuclear equations just written scrawled into the wall <laughs> it was it was all written up it was all like written on his arm <laughs> like when he, came out. he had it fucking like prison break all tattooed on his body oh yeah <laughs> bang a tv show very oh um, i don't I can't believe i watched all that as a kid you know that had a ps2 like it's not an FES, so it, it probably will be on it, it. It has stealth and fighting and puzzling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's the full course. Basically, you know that bit from Dead to Rights when you're in prison for a bit? Basically, imagine that, but in an entire game. <laughs> I'm going to say that. You're saying imagine that bit in Dead to Rights when that is by far and away the more obscure of the two properties. Yeah, I don't know. I think Dead. I think for people who listen to this podcast, they would know. They would remember bits of Dead to Rights more than they would remember the TV show Prison Break. Um, any Bullet Time fans, please send us in your favorite Jack Slate moments. Yeah, please comment. Please leave a five star review on your podcast app of choice with your favorite Jack Slate moments. There is or a specific. Shadow. There's a specific kind of person who is always a Retsu Prey fan who to them Jack Slate is the funniest fucking entity in the universe. That's true. And we did mention Chip Cheesem earlier, so yeah. you know, if you're if you're already on the, and the super best friends, so you know, you may be on that wavelength. Speaking of wavelengths, number 1 in the charts this week, the week being February the 28th, 2009, is a debut title PS3 FPS game, PS3 exclusive. Oh, I think I know what this is. Mitch, go ahead. Is it Resistance? It is. It, it is not Resistance Fallen Man. Fuck. Resistance Free. It is not Resistance. It is not any of the Resistances. Ah, that's like God. my go-to debut PlayStation first. Yeah, no. Game. Now, oh, I'm annoyed at myself. Oh, it's so when I say it, de it debuted this week in the charts. I mean, the PS3 has been out for like three years at this. Well, I mean, point. we know that, but you know, a debut, like a debut oh, sure, game sure, sure, from yeah. a studio or yeah, debut IP. Yeah, um, um, it is from a studio that has gone on to. This was a homegrown franchise, but they've gone on to better things. I would say. Oh, is it Fear? No, that was an exclusive. No. Uh, 
and Fear was a PC game first and a few years I'm, before this. I'm going to give you a clue, but it's literally you two are going to be like Superman and the Flash racing to get this the moment I mention it. <laughs> Infamous E3 trailer. Killzone? Which one? No, Killzone. Oh, Killzone 3, though. Kill- it is Killzone 2. Oh, Killzone yeah, 2. That was oh, number that one was in the charts, Killzone 2, with its <laughs> that trailer famously burned to my brain. Pulled- Wait a minute. How did how was Infamous the clue? I think of Infamous. I think of shooting lightning powers. Not no, I, no. It had an Infamous trailer, as in it was oh. all bullshit. <laughs> my brain. Oh, my brain just fucking latched onto you saying Infamous and PS3. Uh, <laughs> oh, PS3 I mean, Infamous. When are we talking about yeah. that? Yeah, I, um, I fucking I fucking love the Infamous games. Let me iron. Do you like Killzone Two though? No. No. I didn't <laughs> try to. Are we ever gonna see, will we do? Will we do the Killzone games on the podcast? Only if you let us know. Maybe we will. <laughs> Number two in the charts. Oof. Here's the clue. It's in its 119th week in the charts. We sports. It is we sports. Oh yeah. There we sense. go. It was fucking all is <laughs> too fu- It was over two years in the fucking top charts. It never left. The- I think it's still in the it's charts. It's still so- in the top charts. It's, it's still in the walls. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, it is now sold. Nintendo eight- begging people to stop buying Wii Sports. We've discontinued <laughs> the console, please. We can't. You can't even play it on... We don't even make the Wii U anymore. Stop. <laughs> um, it is now sold 18 million copies as of February 28, 2009. Oh, my God. Number three in the charts in his 41st week is another Wii game. Number three, 43rd week in the Super charts. Mario Galaxy? Not Super Mario Galaxy, no. Super, oh, new Super, uh, Mario, new Brothers Super Mario Bros? Not a Mario game. What did you say, Mitch? Oh, I said the same thing. Okay, no, it is not a Mario game. It is a, it is a Wii game. Is it Wii Fit? It is Wii Fit. 5.6 oh million sold as of 2009. Now, number four and number five in the charts are the same game, but for different consoles. <laughs> Capcom game. And I would say it is a franchise return of sorts. Marvel vs. Capcom 3? It is not Resi 5. It is not Marvel vs. Capcom 3, but similar wavelength. Street Fighter. Marvel Ultimate Alliance? It is... <laughs> it is Street Fighter, but which one? Oh, before at that stage. Yes, Street Fighter 4 in its second week. Um, still holding sight. Xbox 360, fourth place, and PS3, fifth place. Oh my god, what a dog shit game when it came out. <laughs> yeah, they really they really worked on that. <laughs> Number six in the charts. Fucking 107th week in the charts. I'm shocked this sold as much as it did. It is another Wii game. Oh god, fucking Wii. You did warn me that at a certain point it's just Wii infection and this, this is the Wii <laughs> era. We are we are yeah. in peak Wii era. But 107th week in the charts. It's oh, surprising. Fuck. Red Steel. That's surprising. Not Red <laughs> that no, it would is, be it, so surprising. I'd be surprised. No, I, st- I think I think Red Steel, I don't even know if that made the it's not it's not we play is it it is we play oh That's, my god the, should that even count that was a console bundle actually i guess um, so was we apparently, sports was i mean well. apparently yeah sports was yeah. as well but um um i th- well yeah but it came with a controller didn't it which is probably what's uh, oh right was. yeah again the reason i i totally forgot we play existed and then i always remember that i lit you know want to know why i remembered it existed because i turned around and saw it 
<laughs> it was standing behind you. Yeah. Like, hey, bitch. <laughs> it's like, it just, oh, that's there. Hey, huh. yo. Hey, what are you doing over there? <laughs> Had one uh, good game on it, which was the fucking air hockey. Um, I The tank game's what I remember, but it's because I feel like every kind of esoteric video essayist eventually makes a video about the tank game from Weep. Because I think because I think Lambs made a video on it, and I want to say somebody else has as well. I've never played Wii Play. Maybe I should. It's, it's, it's shit. <laughs> Number seven on the list, and it's 44th <laughs> week. 5.1 million sold is another Nintendo. I'm fucking sick of the Wii at this point. This is uh, Skyward Sword. Uh, it was not yeah. Skyward Sword. I'll give you a clue. This is a franchise which is pretty much since its, except, in, in, since its inception has always been in the charts. There's a Wii game. Since but this is the Wii version. Uh, sorry, what was that, Snake? I'm oh, sorry, I'm just Call of Duty Reflex. That'd be so not Call of Duty Reflex. No. It's a game. It's a, it's a Mario game. It's a Mario game. Okay. Oh, is this Mario Kart Wii? It is Mario Kart Wii. There we go. Now, here's one I can't even imagine people at home are going to get, but here we go. Number eight on the charts, debuting, is an Xbox 360 Square Enix RPG. Oh, Blue Dragon. It's not Blue Dragon. Fuck. Oh, God. Is it the one with the Is it the one with the guns? It's oh. not the one with the guns, it's no. Not is it Resistance Lost Odyssey? of Fate? Is it... It's not Resistance of Fate, no. Uh, it's, is it's... it Eternal Sonata? It's not Eternal Sonata, and it's not Lost Odyssey, which oh. is the one you said, right, Mitch? Yeah. This is a, a long-running franchise since the SNES era. Dragon Quest? Not Dragon Quest. Uh, Fantasy it's... Star? Not Fantasy Star, that is Sega. And that was Sega, yeah. Um, but surprised Christ. that people would, if they get it, yeah, Square I am. Enix long running. Square Enix yep. long running. Not no. Shining Force was Sega as well. I'll give you a clue. It's like Fantasy Star, as in it's kind of Star Ocean. Star Ocean. Oh, I'm not going to make you guess what the subtitle is because we would be here forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, Star Ocean: The Last Hope, number eight in the charts, debut. Oh, wow. Fucking amazing. Number nine on the charts. <laughs> nearly there. Number nine on the charts, and it's sixteenth week. Um, is a when you were trying to guess games a moment ago, you called this game out. Um, and I would say I it's a, what I said. Um, the specter of this series hangs over the Bullet Time podcast. I would say. I was trying to guess games a moment. Well, it's not Call of Duty, is it? It is Call of Duty, uh, but which one? Oh, would it um, be two thousand nine? That's was too uh, Modern Warfare Two. No, World at War. It is World of War. Oh. And it's 16th week on the charts for the Xbox 360. And then, number 10, in its 172nd week on the charts. Is it Nintendogs? <laughs> it is not, but it is a Nintendo DS game. <laughs> okay. Pokemon? Um, fuck. Black and not White? Pokemon. Mario Kart DS? It is Mario Kart DS. Hell having yeah. sold 4.2 million copies. That is the best oh, Mario Kart dying on that hill. It is the best America. <laughs> Me and Mitch in agreement that it is yep. the best. I, I think the best Mario Kart is Rumble Racing, so <laughs> that's I lose Kart every game. single conversation about it I get into, frankly. Well, that's because <laughs> that's a Rumble Racing game, not a Mario Kart game. <laughs> uh, it's a Mario Kart game, that's the genre. 
<laughs> that is true. Yeah, the genre is yeah the do the the genre of this podcast are doom likes uh, doom clones, and that is America like. <laughs> Mitch, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, so about fifty cent. Me. Thank you for talking about fifty cent blood on the sand and guessing all of these games that came out the same week as fifty cent, but knocked him all the way down to number seventeen on the charts. <laughs> uh, uh, is there any 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 things you'd like to promote or pitch or you know before we round things out? Um, I mean, there's just my channel, which is heavy eyed, one word. Um. It's about it's kind of the only thing I really do on the internet these days. That's fine. Yeah. You yeah. don't you don't have to do anything else. That's chill enough. You can play Fifty Cent. That, yeah, that's a that that's as noble a goal as anything else. Just going to become a Fifty Cent Blood on the Sand streamer from now until the end of time. <laughs> I thought you were going to you're going to become a blood tuber. Well, you know how there's like Nintendo tubers and they always oh have like the Mario collection behind them. Yours is yours is just multiple copies of Fifty Cent Blood on the Sand oh and Fifty God. Cent paraphernalia behind you. I got the G Unit shoes. You're just going to go everything. until you get those gold medals. <laughs> you're, be, that, you're literally dressed. You're you're dressed like Fifty Cent is in this game with the bulletproof vest and the oh, hat on. My God, yes. Steadily gaining in bulk. <laughs> no one's quite <laughs> it's sure. It's like why. the white Putin meme. You just keep the video. The video aspect keeps getting. Oh, I'm laughing now because uh, this is dating the episode again. But Snape sent this really funny video yesterday, which was. He was looking for reviews about hooligan football movies. <laughs> and he found a guy on YouTube who made a video. What, what was it about? Fucking it was me. about Green Street, because I, w- I watched Green Street the other day, which, to end this on a really daft, completely separate note, Green Street has some of the worst Cockney accents and some of the dumbest British characters in film. I love this film because it's an American going to England and all the English are like fucking wise, sage, cockney fucking thugs. And this guy did a review <laughs> where he wouldn't talk about... He did... This was like a, re- a YouTube review from like 2010 where he's like... He literally refused to talk about the movie other than saying, I don't want to give away the plot because that's not what I do on this. So he can't say anything about the film other than this is a 10 out of 10. you got to watch this. I watched it like four times. But the the funniest thing is that this man has clearly not understood what video compression meant. So, so he sends the video on Discord, and I'm like, oh wow, he's made like a Euro Thug style 21 by 9 aspect ratio, like cinematic aspect ratio video. <laughs> it's because he's fucked up the encoding. So he's just really squatting wild. It's the, it's the funniest review for like this guy who just reviewed films and yeah, that's what I mean. He thought video compression meant you literally compress <laughs> the image oh <laughs> to a fucking squash. That's what but, my but, fucking leading theory on that is. And he decided for his review of a cinematic film, he decided to use the aspect ratio of fucking Lawrence of Arabia. But there we go. <laughs> Uh, Snake, is there anything you'd like to uh, promote while you're here or give a shout out to? Um, no, I'm all right. Okay, you don't want to. You don't want to point people towards the video, which has come out a what? You could point them towards a video. We don't um, know which one it might be, but uh, watch my channel. Uh, there we go. Yeah, yeah, there we go. It's uh, it's the Snakera. Uh, nice. Watch rep, uh, reps to gog. Re- watch re-review every PS2 game. Oh God. Because I respect the project. 
you know what? Do you know what they do on the YouTube channel? We review every PS2 game. Oh God. I'm gonna guess they yeah. re- they review every PS2 game. Oh God. Yeah, that's that's their channel's um, mission goal is they want to review every single PS2 game that ever came out. Nice. Yeah, so I, I respect that. I like a channel that has a goal. Um, Eventually, yeah, they will run out of content someday. Mm-hmm. But the PS2, they've got yeah, maybe they've not got in years. The and they're doing it chronologically. They're still in two thousand one, I believe. Oof. Well, and if they've they been make at a... it for a year or two. So I guess yeah, that's the point. They don't make a video every day, which would you know. No, they're they're actually trying to make proper good videos, not just you know spunk them out. I I picked the worst possible fucking word to describe that, but spunk were... them out. God. But you know, speaking there sp- you go. Speaking uh, of spunking out, folks. I've been James, as usual. You can follow me on Twitter at Hot Cider and support us over on Patreon at Hot Cider as well. I've already given my recommendation, which is go and watch um, 50 Cent and Gerard Butler in um, <laughs> Den of Thieves. <laughs> a great film. I, I'm just going to fell down the table. A very good film. Uh, on the next episode of Bullet Time, uh, I'll be joined by Pimmons Online, uh, video essayist and horror aficionado as we unleash the ancient evils of Clive Barker's Jericho. So I hope you can join us for that. But until next time, keep blasting. The Bullet Time Podcast is made possible by Eric Hamilton Schneider, Valerie B, VG, and the Hot Cider Support Tier. If you'd like to help with the production of episodes and gain access to extra content, consider supporting over at patreon.com forward slash hot cider. That's H-O-T-C-Y-D-E-R. A special thanks to Max Coburn for the bullet time theme tune.